Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the innovation store. song Ooh Boy. Uh, I play that particularly for my, my young uh, listeners. I'm sure you probably never even heard of the group Rose Royce, though their first four albums are pretty classic uh, by soul standards. Uh, but if you have heard of them, it's because they did the soundtrack to a 70s movie called Car Wash, which Richard had Richard Pryor and lots of people in, and I think was actually remade by people like Snoop Dogg or something. So you may have heard of them from that. But anyway, great song. Uh, I hope you listen to the whole thing at the end of this at the end of this episode. Uh, so I'm grooving today on the idea of the VR, the virtual reality ecosystem, and this is just the ecosystem as I can make it out at the early stage of my own development. So as if you're walking along with me, we're at the beginning of a journey of learning about virtual reality and augmented reality and ultimately working towards a place to be able to articulate uh, its impacts and potential impacts within uh, a variety of different business models. Okay, And so as I think about that, what the, one of the first big surprises for me was to find out uh, that the, that there is a cluster around this, and that cluster is in the Seattle, uh, the greater Seattle area. It includes you know, places like Ballard, Bellevue, Kirkland, home of Microsoft. Nintendo is also on the east side there. I'm from Seattle, if you, if, if you didn't read my bio, so I'm very familiar with this and, 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 and grew up and even went to schools that were uh, instrumental to uh, Microsoft taking off uh, and certainly affected by the fact that Boeing the aerospace industry had such a strong uh, effect on Seattle and, in fact, brought my brought my, my family up there from Georgia back in the 40s. So Seattle is, has always been a tech city. I mean, to the extent that people knew about it or was that, it was because of military technology for the most part. Uh, and uh, now, even as we think about big names like Amazon moving headquarters or at least expanding outside of Seattle, uh, there's this cluster that's developed around gaming. You know, Nintendo was there, and Microsoft clearly with Xbox. You know, clearly there's a gaming culture there, and I think when I look at a lot of the little, the small companies that have been developing out there that would be a part of this cluster, uh, and clusters, geographic clusters are something that I, that I uh, actually have a separate and distinct podcast on underneath strategic management, strategic grooving. But this cluster is developing, and it's pretty amazing, um, the, the number of, you know, Microsoft, expats that are ending up going out and starting their own firm. So it's pretty cool. Now, when you get into this, gaming really is the industry. So even though we're talking about virtual reality and augmented reality, at the end of the day, uh, particularly with virtual reality, which is for the most part where most of my research is, my early research has been, we're talking about a gaming culture, the gaming industry. Okay. And when you start looking into that, you're finding a whole different set of brands. So when you when I think of when I thought about this uh, this particular uh, episode, this particular groove, um, one of the things I thought about is like who would be the Nike or the Disney or the Coca Cola for the VR ecosystem, right? There's different names here. The last I'd say in, in, in the in the installment number one, I talked about how Apple 
as, as somebody who's deeply uh, enmeshed in the Apple ecosystem and now has dreams of being outside of it and actually being in the, more of an Android system. Uh, so what brands are becoming more salient as I get deeper and deeper into this? Uh, and I can say right off, I bumped into something called Alienware. Uh, Alienware laptops and Alienware desktops. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll, so I'll talk first about laptops and des desktops. Alienware. Alienware is actually made by Dell. So for all you folks who don't realize or that only know Dell like I do, as kind of the dusty, not necessarily famous for innovation, uh, enterprise you know, kind of computer, right? That this is the, this, the Dells that you're going to see, and maybe HPs too, but mostly Dells within a business environment, right? And that they will have the exclusive contract, and when you come into business school or whatever, they will, uh, it'll be Dells that they will sell you packaged, and it will be Dells that they will support at the IT desk, okay? So, but these, you know, a lot of times we look at it like, oh no, I can only do Dell, because maybe like me, you want your Apple, and you won't get support that way. Well, it turns out that Dell has an alternate identity, an alter ego that's pretty aggressive. That's really aggressive, right? So Alienware, search Alienware, right? And see, and see what the logo looks like. It's like this, uh, this alien head with the, you know, it's so the, it's a very aggressive, right? It's a very different kind of persona. And I understand probably why they had to choose to make a sub-brand for computing, right? In a certain sense, they're trying to hang out with the geeks who are also, in a sense, the cool kids, and so they've developed something different. So Alienware uh, is, 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 is something that's there, but that's made by Dell. Razorblade is another, is another uh, company. The Razorblade Pro is one of the top uh, laptops one would use for this. Um, CyberPower, PCs, right? When you're talking about something that can do VR, as much as there might, in, in other contexts, be, be uh, conversation around how much uh, storage it might have or certain other attributes, you're really talking about video power here. You're really talking about something that has like the best video card that's out there uh, and the, the, some of the best graphics available. So the screen has to be, and even the relationship between the two have to be made, mediated a certain way. And there's a whole lot of heat that comes because of that, that level of performance too, right? So these also have to be machines that are built to withstand hotter, operate hotter and higher power, like consistently higher power uh, higher power demand uh, environments and usage over hours, over long periods of time. So you're talking about a very demanding, very demanding kind of uh, 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 context, use context for gaming computer, let alone a gaming laptop, right? So, uh, so something like a cyber power PC, When's the last time you saw a computer that had a radiator on it? Right? These guys have liquid cooling and all sorts of stuff going on in it. Uh, and even in some of these laptops, you'll, 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 you'll hear about the, 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 the far lengths that the manufacturers have to go to keep the computer cool. Right? That that becomes such a major, major fe feature. I would also say the audio package on there tends to be really important too because of the with gaming you know there's a lot of like the 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 effect of sound or uh, really augments that whatever that experience is going to be so they have to take that much more serious you're not listening to your Kenny G or your easy, your easy listening jazz right that that's not what's going on here so uh, so you also find bigger stronger sound systems even on the laptops which tend to be much larger than the, the than the laptops that I carry around I have a MacBook Air 
or MacBook Pro or any of these, you know, any of Dell's computers that are not uh, Alienware, <laughs> right, that are not the gaming piece, they're going to be much more slim because that's what we want. We want portability. We care about something that's very different in the business environment or the educational environment. These are going to be larger, but their components are much higher performance, much higher performance. Um, so let's see. So we got uh, Asus, ASUS. Uh, Gigabyte, Origin, to go along with CyberPower, RazorBlade, and uh, Alien Alienware. Like these, these are brands that I'd never heard of 48 hours ago. That now I see that people are consistently paying three thousand dollars to have their laptop or their desktop combination. Okay, so so these brands are not uh, uh, in, inconsequential, but they're just in a different different zone than I've been playing. Uh, think about uh, the goggles. Of course, uh, when you think about sensors, when you think about um, uh, the, 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 the goggles, right, the, the things you have to put on your face uh, so that you can have your interaction, right? I think the sensors and sometimes the goggles actually have sensors built into them. Um, you know, of course, you know, we've got Oculus Rift and HTC Vive sitting at the top, and both of those products are going through, uh, and sometime in the near future, I think both are going to advance to their next level. Uh, but those would be kind of the leading consumer um, sets. And they, they'd run between, I think they originally both were probably about $800. Now they're running somewhere between uh, you know, $300 to $500. Not cheap, but they've definitely come, come down quite a bit in price. I think in some sense anticipating the next generation coming out. Uh, I will just say briefly, there are some very expensive things that are out there. So if you wanted to pay a couple thousand dollars for your goggles, you can do that, <laughs> right? For your viewer, you can do that. Uh, it'll probably be some small boutique company, maybe out of China, maybe operating in India, um, right? So you can do that. And there are even Kickstarters around bringing some of these, uh, some of those out that are just going to have next, better next generation technology, larger fields. You can operate in a different way. But I'm pretty much restricting myself to talking about what you're going to be able to go and pick up at Best Buy, like kind of your standard consumer model, which will within the next year might actually include some of the new features or new power that some of the more uh, exotic versions of these might 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 include. Uh, so Oculus Rift and HTC uh, uh, Vive. What I'll also say about those is uh, clearly, if we're talking about the gaming industry or what the, what we would even talk about as experiences, you're purchasing experiences that you can have through these headsets, okay? Oculus generally makes their own games, at least as I understand it, or they, you know, they have their own kind of uh, distribution platform, which I'll talk a little bit about later. Uh, and HTC Vive has its own relationships around making its, own, making its content. And you generally can't use the game from one on the other. That's the sense that I'm getting. I might have to correct myself as I get deeper here, but as somebody that's looking, say, to make a purchase of one of these within the next month, part of what I have to think about is whose games do, do I want to use? Which experiences do I want to have access to, right? Because I gather that there's some exclusivity between those, and one ought to know that fairly, fairly early in the game, okay? Then of course there's Google Daydream. It's like eight bucks, eighty bucks, excuse me, uh, which is just a very nice lightweight version that you would use on your camera. Uh, and Google Cardboard. But this whole journey for me started out with my encounter with a, a Google Cardboard knockoff that was actually five bucks from Best Buy. So um, 
so one thing I just want to say really quickly uh, before I start talking about some of the, the services here that are in the ecosystem is I'm not getting paid by any of these companies. I haven't interacted with any of these companies. And on, on further, I'm not giving any sort of review here. I'm very, it's very early for me in this. I'm not telling you whether Vive or, or Rift is better, but that's not, that's not where I'm at. Maybe later on down the line, that'll be something I can do. But I want to be very clear that I'm not representing on any level, any product or service company. Okay. Um, speaking of services, um, I, you, 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 I think about things like, um, um, let's see, so Valve Steam, so Valve Steam um, would actually be the platform where one would uh, find the games that are made for HTC Vive. Okay, so this company Valve out of Ballard, uh, out of Ballard Washington, once again, a, a part of Seattle, actually. Uh, and so that they would be they would be big, and of course, Oculus kind of has its own uh, distribution. I've actually been able to find quick search Oculus stuff available on Amazon. Now maybe through the Amazon store, maybe you can do that with the HTC stuff too. But um, I don't think it's hard to get. One just has to be clear that those are two different distribution channels. Um, Let's see here. Oh, I want to mention I bumped into this uh, sensor. So just as we talk about the the headsets, right? The headsets, some of them have sensors in them. Like part of their properties are, of course, what they're showing to you on their screen. Uh, they'll have uh, some sort of uh, most of the good ones will have some sort of uh, headset for for you to listen to, but they may also have a camera out front out in front of it so in case they want to do mixed reality or augmented reality which i'll talk a little bit more about specifically on the next uh next episode of this but um um but so, so the sensor idea and even some of the laptops have uh if you buy like their their top end version will have things that track your eyeballs right we'll have some sort of eye tracking sensors and use that in different ways so you can use your eyes to you know change the location of the cursor or make decisions on the screen, that sort of deal. A lot of that's in still very early, early, early uh, uh, development. Uh, there's some real questions about whether it's worth paying an extra $500, say, to have that option on your laptop at this point. Does it do enough? But just to be clear that sensors are a big part of the game here. Uh, sensors also come up, uh, say, if we talk about the, the two different headsets, the, uh, uh, the Oculus and the uh, Vive. Sensors are important as far as putting, uh, having sensors in your room, right? So one, one could place two or three sensors in, in a variety of places in your room that will tell the, uh, uh, that, that will tell the, the software where you are and also be able to tell where you are in the room. Sometimes it's as a safety device. So as you're walking around in your 360 degree, you know, kind of full experience, uh, in, in, the, the, in the more immersive formats that something like a, an Oculus can give you, you don't want to run into the table. <laughs> so sometimes they'll, that the headset will have a camera or they'll have sensors that will be able to map out the room and kind of warn you when you're actually coming into a real world, uh, uh, when you're risking something real world that might trip you up. Uh, but it also gives you an opportunity to have that full room experience. So it's not like you're sitting there bolted in and you're moving your head around. You can actually get out, walk around, uh, and there's and, and once again, have that larger uh, full immersion. And I gather as we're moving from generation to generation, the size of the room, 
right? How much moving around inside the envelope that you can do is part of what's improving on a generation to generation basis, right? So it's a very important thing. So sensors, uh, you can do sensors all over the place. Of course, there's sensors for in your hand so that you're doing things so that so that you can do things in with your hand and it's replicating itself in virtual reality, right? And so the, so there's all of these different ways that sensors play in. Uh, I did bump into a cool company, uh, Occipital, who's making the structure sensor, something they're, they're actually making for the iPhone specifically and only for the iPhone, which is interesting. But it's something, say, an architect might use that will take in a room uh, and with its measurements and all of that and take in the room and model it almost immediately right, for you and so that you can then print out, print out something as a 3D model or you can use it in lots of different ways. right? But the idea here is uh, how... These systems are also, as much as they're projecting stuff to you, they're also taking information in, right? And that I think that these abilities of not just projecting out, but taking stuff in, and then the ability to create with what's being taken in, this is where, like, that, that's where we're starting to talk about uh, being creators and makers with this. That, for me, is the most exciting stuff. Those are the capabilities, I think, that excite me the most, but those are also the things that are at the most professional and the most, you would, as a user, would have to be at the most developed level to take advantage of that, right? So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good ways away from that, but I, I aspire to be on that level. Uh, let's see. Um, let me look at just a couple things. Like, uh, why don't we talk 360 degree cameras, right? So in my in my first episode, I talked about not only can the Google Cardboard give you a really lightweight virtual reality interaction. But you can also download cardboard camera, and it would allow you, beyond just be, being able to do a nice panorama shot, but allow you to do kind of a 360-degree shot that you could share with somebody, as long as they had the cardboard. Now, um, but there are now 360-degree cameras that have come on the market, some pretty cheap, and some pretty well, I mean, professionally made, right? Um, GoPro, predictably, is already pretty deep in this game. Um, and they've got, I've seen versions of GoPro 360 cameras that are, you know, basically a whole bunch of GoPros, <laughs> put it like 10 of them in a ball, then <laughs> like a globe structure. And those are like 5,000 bucks. And I'm sure that's something that just people kind of, you know, put together, but now they sell it. Uh, but they have also got like four five, six hundred $600 versions that are durable. And that you can imagine, you know, as I've seen some of these 360 degree videos I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm into skiing and so watching somebody going down say you know one of the most important downhill skiing and most dangerous downhill skiing uh, uh, slopes in Germany somewhere and being able to put this camera on and take that take that with them it's very different on the 360 level than it was just having a GoPro strapped to the top of the helmet and just seeing you know kind of the, the birds the eyes eye view of that. Right, so these 360 cameras, GoPro, predictably is in there. Rico, it's nice to see Rico and uh, Kodak. It's nice to see some of the traditional photography companies uh, playing a playing a role in this. Samsung is doing uh, good work with this. Garmin is doing stuff, and Garmin is cool because you know there's lots of uh, Garmin. Clearly, is big with compasses and anything that's like uh, geographic tracking, and so they're able to uh, uh, incorporate a lot of that information 
also into the, the, the kind of information that that camera is tracking and overlay it, right, and then augment whatever the image is with a lot of the geographic uh, information. So the Garmin one, I have to say, that might be the inside track for me is looking at the, the, the Garmin one that they have. Um, I would say on a platform level, YouTube 360. I didn't know that this existed, right? So there's a YouTube channel, but of course there's, there's actually a place where that YouTube has created where you can upload 360-degree uh, uh, video, right? And so YouTube 360, and it's growing. It's growing. And so you'll go there and you'll see the kind of stuff, just like anything on YouTube, there'll be a mixture of things that are professionally um, uh, uploaded. And then there'll be things that uh, I think the majority of it's just stuff like you know, my friend, the skier that was going downhill in Germany, you know, just that kind of deal. So YouTube 360 is out there. Um, and let's see. Uh, oh, and as far as what sorts of publications I looked at, um, I would say Road to VR, right? That's a new one that I've been reading. And I get a lot of reviews off of that. So, you know, once again, as I'm, as I'm, trying to think about what sort of equipment I might buy. It might be appropriate for me as a business professor, but also kind of as a hobbyist and somebody who might want to make like a short film or documentary or use it for ethnographic purposes to really kind of embed, you know, my, my students or my viewers into a particular experience I'm having. You know, what, what, what kind of information or what, 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 what uh, blogs am I going to to kind of learn about this? Road to VR, there's 360 cameras. That is literally the name of it where you can go and learn all about 360-degree cameras. Tech Radar probably came up more than anything else. I mean, when I search for things like top 10 gaming laptops, uh, top 10 gaming desktops, uh, best VR headsets, when you, you, when you do those sorts of searches, Tech Radar comes up over and over and over again. Uh, and then I would say uh, this one, Yolantis. Uh, Yolantis... It, it just was like, it's, I guess it's about all things mobile. And so as we think about mobile applications, and remember, probably most people that are having VR experiences are having it through their mobile phone, through their smartphone, right? So so there's actually lots of really good content on this Yolantis uh, that I found. So I was really, really kind of happy about that. And, so the, and then there's a lot of other usual suspects, right? But I'm just saying these were, these were um, I would say, publications that I didn't really look at as much. Laptop magazine, right? Like that's something that's kind of a usual suspect, but spends a lot of time on this gaming issue. Um, and then I would say the maybe the kind of the last thing on an informational level, uh, there's a lot of developer conferences. So almost any of these companies and, and uh, any of these companies and, and publications that I've mentioned, if you get into kind of their VR the virtual reality, their augmented reality, and sometimes it's just underneath gaming, right? You, you know, you got to be creative in the way that you're searching. Uh, generally, there will be some sort of developer or, or developer information on there. I found that very, very useful. Uh, there will be some sort of blog maybe where other developers and other enthusiasts are kind of writing in and talking about products, okay? Um, and I will say things like, uh, I found, I'll just name a couple of events. Of course, Facebook purchased Oculus. And Facebook would be another kind of great place to upload 360-degree video. Uh, but Facebook, did, and so Oculus Connect. Every year, Oculus has a conference for developers. Facebook has a conference for developers. Apple, we know about the Apple Developers Conference. That's, that's probably more widely known uh, and, uh, and kind of to the general public. But they're having these developer conferences. 
And so Oculus Connect, I, I found to, to be something interesting. I'm hoping to kind of uh, to attend maybe even next year. Um, but look for the developer conferences because uh, or, or we're on the website. So on Oculus, if you look for Oculus Connect, it'll tell you about the conference. The conference happened you know, already, but there still might be a video of keynote speeches and things like this, right, that become uh, very good. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that I'm going to share is, um, and I'll put this in the description for this particular um, uh, episode, is for Oculus, their chief science, their chief scientific officer, Michael Abrash. I, I hope I'm saying his name right, Michael Abrashi. Um, he was at the, what, the Facebook developer conference back in 20, I think 2015, and I got a video link that I'll put up there, which is his video for why virtual reality will matter to you. It's about 30 minutes, mind-blowing. There's some things that he does, a lot of it just dealing with cognitive science to kind of demonstrate how what we think is real life is already mediated. That virtual reality is reality. And that's kind of a mind-blowing thought. Right, like the, the, this whole conversation, we haven't really ad, uh, uh, addressed at all the more philosophical implications on virtual reality, right? But he has he has some very cool ways of demonstrating to you the power of your mind to affect what it constitutes, what it constructs as real. Right, so I I want everybody to take a look at this. If this were a course, I would assign everybody this video, uh, so you can consider yourself on notice. But it's Michael Abrashi. Uh, this is from Facebook. Uh, his Facebook Eight Developer Conference. His keynote: Why virtual reality will matter to you. I'll put the link up in the description for this episode. Um, and with that, I think I've laid out as much as I can uh, the the virtual reality ecosystem as I understand it thus far. I will make updates to this ecosystem issue as I get a little bit deeper, become a little more familiar with some of the companies and their specific offerings and get a sense on who and how their offerings are being used. So you can expect episodes related to, to more specific and a more granularized way as I move forward. And like I said, I'm actually motivated enough to start saving some money and thinking about buying in. And so as I approach uh, the, the, the purchase, as I, I will explain to you what I'm thinking and, hey, even invite, potentially be able to invite you in to the buying decision, right? So just in case other people get motivated or at least kind of want to understand what, on a more granula, granularized level, what the decision factors might be, right? And with that, I'll send you back to Rolls Royce. Ooh boy, and look forward to uh, to talking to you on a future virtual group. Hands on you. Ooh, boy.
Innovation Groove, dropping the needle into the innovation story. 